Hello. Welcome once again to the Productions Plus podcast. Joe Stearns here with our much-anticipated episode two of Booking the VoiceOver. Get ready to take some notes as Virginia Welch and Dan John Miller talk with CEO Hetty Popson and Agent Debbie Williams about how to book the voiceover. Here we go. So let's go backwards. All right. So we've got we kind of have a lot of context going here, but I'm an actor and I decide, OK, I want to explore explore voice acting and I may or may not have an agent classes. Did you classes. take classes? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would not recommend anybody get into this without at least getting to a class because you you have to see whether or not you really enjoy the work. There are so many different genres that people can get into, and they're very different from each other. The work of, of a voice actor who does audiobooks versus someone who does promo, very, very different, even lifestyle. I mean, promo actors have to be available at the drop of a hat. Audiobook actors have a lot more time, and you know, but you're in the booth for a lot longer. So yeah, just exploring all the different genres within a class is a, a safe way to do that. And then hone your skills. Because again, anybody can have a nice voice, but that doesn't mean you're ready to hop into a whole other career, be presented to an agent, audition for a casting director, put together a demo. I would not do that until you've you've really spent some good time with a coach in a class, doing workshops, all that kind of stuff, especially with a demo. I mean, uh, I, I've spoken to a lot of, you know, newer actors who are excited to get that demo produced and, and sort of step into the world of voiceover. But much like your headshots, your demo is your calling card. And if you're handing it out before you know who you are, your type, what you're doing, it doesn't represent you very well. And it can be a very costly waste of an investment, you know? Well said, well said. So I want to, I want to do this in layers. So classes, um, Dan, would you be, would you also be in agreement that classes are a good way to go? I think they, from what I've heard, that would, would have been a good thing for me to do, but I didn't do it. (laughs) Yeah. Um, honestly, but I, it's really funny. The, uh, I was kind of, you know, when I was talking to Virginia before and, and Deb, I think before we started, started this, you know, as far as having discipline for the business side of, of everything, exactly. I just, when, when I decided to really focus on voiceover, cause I loved it. I just kind of dove into, you know, looking online. And so it was just like, I would really just immerse myself and, you know, and then I, I did talk to, you know, agents, you know, from, you know, local agents in Detroit about, about stuff. And I remember going to one, one audition and doing something. And I, it was like, Oh, this will be perfect. I know I'm right for this, you know, whatever. And I went there and it was like a live audition. And she just said, she's like, well, just try reading this. And I was like, she's like, you're kind of running out of air, right? And she's like, that's weird because you're a singer. And I'm like, yeah, but I don't know how to sing. I mean, I just sing, but I never really learned how to breathe diaphragmatically. I don't know. So all those things, I had a lot of making up to do, which if I had even in high school, we had a broadcasting class and my teacher who was a 
an older teacher, I remember her saying, like, I don't know why you guys don't take choir. And, you know, if you want to be a, in broadcasting and this and that, it's a really great thing. And we were all like, yeah, whatever. But I think the more serious you take it, and if you, it just makes complete sense, like, all right, if you want to go into, if you want to be in voiceover, why not take classes? And it's it would be a great way to go just to understand what you have to do and what's laid out before you. But, you know, as far as if you want to find out, if you want to make that commitment, because, you know, as Virginia was saying, it's like getting a demo and doing all that. If you don't know how to do it yourself, it's an investment. And, you're, you know, you can start off keeping other sources of income, but no one is just going to jump right into it, even if you're a trained actor and you have all those things ready. Okay. That's where I want to go. So, um, again, want to make sure that we're really um, drilling down for our listeners. So classes is the first. I think there are a number of ways to approach things, and certainly people are successful in a lot of areas figuring some things out. But I think if we're looking at, you know, 2023 and beyond, you've got to find a way. If if you've never done this before, you have to find a way to know if you can do it, if you're good at it, and if it's worth the investment. So the investment piece, Deb, talk to me about that. Because as a voiceover actor, we need to talk about two things, demo reels and home studio, right? Yeah, for sure. I mean, demo reels are super important. Also, it's important to have just to have clips of your voice alone. A lot of times demo reels are overproduced and then we we don't hear you. So you need to have a good demo reel um, where we can really hear your voice. Classes are so important. I, I remember what feels like a million years ago taking a course in New York City at the end of the course, we got our demo. We took literally cassette tapes and put them in manila envelopes and mailed them to about 300 agencies in the city. So that is how we used to do it. A little bit easier now, but still just as costly as it was then, but also super important. You have to remember that I want to present like the most polished, the most perfect person for the job, right? And so if I don't have that, from you, then I, how can I possibly represent you in the way that I want to, you know, and I do have that from both of you, particularly just in, just in audition files. I mean, I have loads of audition files from you that I know this was so good. I could, I could send this clip to anybody for any gig and they'll book it. So yeah, it's really, it's really important to know what you're doing and it's really important to have good representation of yourself. Mm-hmm. If they if you take a good class, the instructor within that class or as you take the next series of classes, will talk to you about a voiceover demo. I was certainly under the misconception that you had to have voiceover work to put into a demo. It's a lot easier to create a voiceover demo than it is to create a film demo, because the film demo, we have to see that you're on set. We have to see that you've worked. So. Yes, I think there's a difference between a voice actor you can certainly play and know who's done a lot of work. But as a novice, it is a little easier to create a reel, but you're going to need a producer. You're going to need copy, which you'll get from the class. So let's say you've done that. You've decided this is an avenue you want to take. You're going down your pursue. You have a demo. Then you have to create a home studio. So Virginia, tell me a little bit. Top three things. What are in your studio and how much of an investment would you say this is? Well, what I have now, what I have now is definitely not what I had when I started off. Right. Um, and I would, I would not recommend your first mic being, you know, uh, a Neumann or a Sennheiser because those are thousand dollars, a thousand dollar investment. But there's a great resource called the Voiceover Collective, and it's a whole bunch of voice actors that have come together, and they have all these recommendations, mics, software, 
classes, workshops, demo producers, and they have a really easy way to look at in different price brackets, the, the different types of mics. So I would say start there because you don't you don't need a thousand dollar mic to start out and and especially if you don't have a treated room then you're getting excellent quality sound of a bad echoey room so right. yeah but check out their mics and then uh, wherever you decide to record there's soundproofing and then there's acoustics soundproofing is the dogs the helicopters the being able to at least shut out most of that and then acoustics are you don't want what we call a live room where it's a lot of the sound bouncing off of hard surfaces so when i started in a closet clothes on either side or moving blankets you want to get above you below you all around you because you're trying to have that really nice dead sound now currently i don't because i'm in my office and not in my booth but you definitely will hear a difference if you're speaking into a pillow right here and you hear the sound sort of being absorbed versus speaking off of a a hard surface. So technically those are, that's what I would say if you're starting out. Thank you. Soundproofing, acoustics and mics. Yeah. And the voiceover collective, which I love. So everybody jot that down, the voiceover collective. All right, Debbie, I want to close with you. Are you looking for new voice actors? What does someone do if they're interested in this and they've followed our instructions and they've gone down yeah. the path? Sure. I mean, always we're we're always looking for new folks, and and oftentimes, you know, uh, clients will ask for for somebody new. Maybe they've heard, you know, my top ten enough, and they say, oh well, do you have somebody, you know, who sounds a little more like this or a little more like that? Sure. But yes, absolutely, do all the work first. Don't just don't just walk up and say, hey, my mom says I have a great voice. So <laughs> yep, I'm yep. not even kidding because sometimes we get a lot of that. But, yeah, do the work. Uh, make sure it's something that you want to do and um, and that you want to put the work into. And you and you have to have a home studio now. You just have to. The, the business has changed. People had home studios prior to COVID. But when COVID happened, everybody who was serious about voice acting crafted themselves some sort of studio because they had to. And now agencies like it. It's nice to be able to connect yes. from a distance, right? And I, I book people like I book Virginia on voiceovers that are happening here at voiceovers that are happening here for a voiceover that's going to be published in, in Philly. So all of that can happen now, whereas it wasn't as easy in the past. And so most of the agencies will ask for that. Sometimes they say, okay, we want to make sure they can come into the studio, but more often than not, They'll want you to have some sort of home studio capability or access to a studio. If you know somebody and they have a studio and you live next door, more power to you. But you need those things and you need good representation of yourself and your voice and your ability. So all of those things first before we talk about it. Mm -hmm. Excellent. Well, thank you all so much for joining us today on the Productions Plus podcast. A special thanks to Virginia and Dan. It's always great to talk to you and to connect. And congratulations on all your success. I hope we continue to keep booking you. And we appreciate your time. Thanks for sharing your tips and tricks. Thanks for having us. Thanks, thanks, guys. Thank you for listening to the Productions Plus podcast. Please follow us on social media. You can find us on Instagram at Productions Plus. We'll see you next time.